You're tuned in to The Keetra Show and listening to SOB, Style of Business. The podcast with your host, Keetra. We aim to highlight the ongoing trek of entrepreneurs and business owners from around the globe, featuring stories that recount their struggles, experiences, and inevitable road to success and self-fulfillment. Welcome to SOB. Okay, this morning, as we return to Style of Business SOB, I have an exciting guest here on the show today. He is a good friend of mine, a creative genius, so to speak. (laughs) And uh, basically, let's just get to it. I'd like to introduce to you all Brian Bowers of uh, Thought Press. He's done a lot of different marketing projects, creative branding, so on and so forth. And with that being said, Brian, I will let you go ahead and introduce all of your glorious goodness and let's just get, <laughs> let's get into the uh, to the podcast. And thanks so much for being a guest this morning. I know that you and I have been going back and forth with just trying to schedule this thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I know you're busy. I know I'm busy. But nevertheless, we made it happen. That's all that counts. And I'm ready to roll. So without further ado, Brian Bowers. Yay! <laughs> Thank you, Keetra. Uh, so hello, everyone. My name is Brian Bowers. Uh, as Keetra mentioned, uh, my professional background is more in the lines of marketing, marketing development, branding. Uh, earlier when we spoke, I said creative strategist because it's kind of what I do. I'm a mix of the, a bit of the creative artistic side and the more process-driven analytical side. So that's where my professional and my own personal background have kind of collided. Uh, I graduated from Oberlin College in 2008, and my background there was in sociology and psychology. I focused primarily on the social sciences, and towards the end of my degree was actually when I'd always been a singer, a composer. I played piano, but then I actually realized I had an interest in marketing. So um, I ended up studying abroad in Egypt for half a semester, and that was when I kind of started coming up with these ideas for some of the projects that I'm working on now. So, uh, Keisha, as we were talking about earlier, it's been about uh, 10 years since I started coming up with some of those initial concepts, and it was probably you know four years out of college before I even got my first job in marketing at all. But I knew it was something yeah. I was very passionate about, and I also knew that I wanted my creative interests to stay alive as well. So that's kind of what has pushed me uh, to where I am. I've worked in the oil and gas industry. I've worked in the healthcare industry. I've done some marketing there as well. And I now work in the the tech industry doing product management operations and marketing operations for a pretty large tech company. I won't say any names, but it's a a large company. But I'm learning a lot and getting a lot of exposure that's helping me both creatively and obviously helped me both professionally in terms of building my resume as well. So. Exactly. Yeah. And you said something that you were very passionate about, but it's something that you're you're also good at. I've seen you do some very outstanding work over the years. And I remember uh, when you were first getting out of the college, you know, lifestyle <laughs> with the music and I all that. Other... <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's a good thing, though. And with that being said, like you're from the Houston area, correct? I am. Yep. I was born and raised here in, in Houston. And I left briefly when I went to Oberlin. I moved to the Midwest in Ohio and I was there for three years and I studied abroad for half a year. And then I came back to Houston and I've kind of been here since then and traveling, you know, short term travel in between then for the past you know, uh, I guess what? How long has it been now? It's been a, it's been a decade, know. right? <laughs> hey, don't don't say decade, Brian. Say that makes it sound like it's been so long. It has been that long, though. And so, yeah, yeah but I've been in Houston and I am from Houston originally. Yeah, yeah sure. exactly. Yeah. And I know that, like, you know, 
you're you're creative anyway, so I, I wasn't surprised when you were uh, doing the music compositions and the poetry and the book. See, you didn't give us all of some of the background, <laughs> and I'm a little bit disappointed because I know you've yeah. been doing a whole lot of other good things. But in regards to like when you started doing the the marketing and the branding and that sort of related work, that was something that you were already interested in that prior to you know getting into thought press and things like that, right? Like the individual projects you've been working with. Working on yeah, that. actually, it's it's very interesting, and this is a funny story, and I, I always want to talk about this story. When I I worked for a fairly large oil and gas company, and that was and this was probably around 2011 that I started thinking of writing my first book, which was the book of poetry, Shadow Chasing Light. And that was when I realized, okay, I've been wanting to work in marketing for so long. And when I came out of college, because my background wasn't in marketing, it was very hard, especially after the economy crashed, to go find a job in marketing. I had one mm-hmm. person tell me, oh, well, why would we hire someone you know, that doesn't have a background in it when we could pay someone who has five or 10 years of experience what you're willing to take? Because everything had been driven down so much, it had become so competitive because of the way the economy was turning out at that time. So when I was working for this one company, I started working on Shadow Chasing Light. And once I had gotten to a place where it was clear that I wanted to self-publish the book, I decided to start a publishing outfit, which at the time was Fifth Principle Productions Thought Press. And I was running it as a sole proprietorship. And I actually used a lot of the material that I created for promoting the book myself. That was my first marketing portfolio. So in my first two marketing interviews, the second one, I ended up getting the job and worked for that company for some years. But the first one, I went into it and I had the materials that I'd created, the book design, the book layout, um, some of the flyers and things like that. I'd I'd learned uh, Adobe After Effects and gone and created my own trailer. So I used all of these materials to show, look, I can take you know, these um, abstract concepts and turn them into an actual campaign and marketing material. So it's more Marcom, but um, I did end up using that for for one interview, the first interview for marketing, and I did not get the job. And uh, I, I, I had a two hour interview with this one marketing director for a large energy publisher here. And I mentioned to him, I mean, he was just, he was one of the most inspiring and encouraging people you can meet. And I told him, I said, well, you know, the reality is that if I don't get a job in marketing here, I'm determined to be working in marketing by the end of the year because I knew it was what I wanted to do. And so sure enough, I ended up taking another interview about a week or so before my birthday. And I got the the job offer right before my birthday, days before my birthday, actually. So that was in 2012, I think. And then I published Shadow Chasing Light that same month, which was in December of 2012. So Oh, goodness. So you actually so you ended up self-publishing your first book, The Shadows Chasing Light. Was that, do you think that was a, like a result of you really wanting to pursue the marketing? You know? uh, no, actually, it's funny. Uh, this is another funny story because everything in my life is circular. I'd actually started the whole concept of starting a publishing company, the whole concept of starting a production company or anything like that, whether it was writing or music. I had come up with those ideas to publish the work of my friends. I wanted to go and take music to market that people I knew, amazing musicians from Oberlin. And also I had a friend that had, at the time had written a book, a very compelling book um, that was situated around the story of Katrina. And it was brilliant. And at the time, she was not able to get that specific work published. And so I said in my mind, I don't even know if I've told her that, but 
I had set up in my mind that I was going to start this publishing outfit because I had a friend who had written a book and I wanted that person to be able to publish their book. And I believed in the story. And so I wanted other people to read it as well. Well, as it turns out, I had maybe 100 or 120 poems that I'd written over a number of years and I was still writing more. And then that's when I realized, wait, you know, you're actually uh, a writer yourself. Why are you not trying to publish your own work? And there's a a term that a, a really great writer, Julia Cameron, uses. It's called a shadow artist. And shadow artists are people who are often themselves remarkably talented or gifted and very passionate about their art, but they choose to live in the shadow of other artists and push forward their career. So actually, I'll just say that that's a really good book I would recommend to anyone. It's called The Artist's Way. The Artist's and Way, so, okay. Yeah, and so that that was what I was doing at the time. I was trying to push other people's careers and creative works because it was a lot easier for me to do that rather than create something of my own and be vulnerable and put that out into the public, which I obviously ended up, I ended up getting over yeah, and yeah, exactly. Hiding. Yeah, and if my piano teacher hears this, my piano teacher from high <laughs> school, he often told me because I was a singer. He said, "Oh, well, you hide behind the piano. You really should be singing, but you play piano because it's safer." And likewise, I initially started uh, Fifth Principle Production Thought Press to push out other people's work and not my own. And, and it turned out that that wasn't the way that it was supposed to work. That the way I would create the vehicle to do that, which I'm doing now is to promote and push my own work. And so that's what I've been uh, doing and balancing, you know, helping other artists as well. Exactly. No, you've been definitely doing your thing. And so, and, and I know that you, you know, are very passionate about the creative process. And I know you've gotten on me a few t- times <laughs> just, just about making sure that everything is thorough and, and, a, and you know, presented in a, in a good light. And mm-hmm. so when you initially um, had, the, when you finished the book, and I purchased a copy a couple of years back. I was definitely impressed because I didn't know you were that good of a, well, I knew you were good musically because you play piano, you compose, and, and of course your voice. Uh, but when I read the book, I was just like, oh, okay, so he has been hiding all of this. <laughs> and I, I never knew, like, I, I didn't I didn't know that you were that passionate about writing. So the Creative Gone Mad series, now tell me how that's, okay, tell us how is that tied into Shadows Chasing Light? Because that's another thing that was brought to my attention at the end of last year that I didn't know that you were, <laughs> that you, were you know, hiding and, and working on, but it's, a, it's definitely a good concept. So is that something that's tied into the whole Shadow Chasing Light project, or is that something that's separate from um, that particular project? And I know we have some other good things coming up as far as the Shadows Chasing Light project, which is actually going to be you know, kicking off in April in North Carolina, but we'll get into that here in a second. But as far as the Gone Mad series and basically tell me, how did you get from Shadows Chasing Light to the actual Creative Gone Mad series, which is actually a more branding sort of, uh, I, I guess, how how would you describe Creative Gone Mad? <laughs> what it was, uh, you know, what ended up happening is, is very funny because to backtrack a little, I did not really, it's funny you mentioned you didn't know I was a writer because I didn't consider myself a writer at all. I was always writing, but I had a really good professor in college, um, Justin Emeka at Oberlin, who's now, he just, uh, he's now tenured. Uh, it was just announced, which is a great accomplishment. He was the first professor that I had that told me I was a writer. Because before then, I didn't know. I wrote a, a short a set of poems called Half Thoughts, and I submitted it as a final project. And he actually called me into his office and said, you realize you're actually a great writer. I said, you know, these things, you know, they're called Half Thoughts for a reason, because I can't <laughs> finish the rest of the thought. 
And he was so instrumental in helping me, even when I was writing Shadow Chasing Light, taking a look at it. And he wrote the foreword to my book, and he really, really was so instrumental in me even trying to put any writing out. And that, and it took years after he told me that before I would make any attempt. The Creative Gone Mad series actually happened last summer, and it was following the aftermath of a really large, I guess, I don't want to call it a meltdown, but professionally I'd gotten to a place where at that point in my career, I really wanted to grow more and evolve more. And I had taken a leap going from one company to another one. And that opportunity did not, it didn't pan out in the exact way that I would have envisioned it did. It should have. So I ended up leaving that particular company and focusing on a lot of creative work. Um, I started doing a, a ton of consulting on my own, which I had started also at the end of 2015 and some earlier in 2014 as well. And so I became really kind of aggressive about pursuing creativity. I had all these branding ideas and branded concepts that were coming at me so fast, I wasn't always able to develop them. And so around that same time, we started working on the Shadow Chasing a Light show that's going to premiere in North Carolina, which I know you mentioned we'll talk about that in a bit. So Creative Gone Mad was literally a um, an Instagram and blog series that I'd created that was about just that creative gone mad as in going crazy and actually being upset. Because what I find is that a lot of people are naturally creative. You look at children, they want to color and make things and take things apart all the time. And somehow on the pathway from childhood to adulthood, we lose that sense of creativity and spontaneity that allows us to create without critiquing ourselves. And so I had literally gotten to the point and my own creative expression where I was actually, I was quite upset. And there was no one, you know, you can say, oh, this person censored me or that person censored me and yeah. criticized me. But there was no one to blame for not writing more or composing more or pushing harder on my creative projects but myself. And so I have a bit of an internal locus of control. So I took that ownership over my own story and my own narrative and said, you know what, I'm really going to start dramatically changing the way I approach my creativity. So I went through, I think it was about 30 days of blogging and writing every day and um, doing new poetry every day. And I would literally wake up in the morning and roll over and turn the light on, write a poem, snap it and put it on Instagram. I wasn't giving myself the opportunity to critique and criticize my own work. So it was like my way of putting myself in this uh, creative boot camp to allow myself to take that frustration that I was feeling stifled as a creative and say, you know what, this is my choice to not create. I'm going to choose to actually start creating and start putting things out there. So that was really what the creative gone mad. I guess it was my little personal movement. That's what it was all about. And so, you know, some of all of that stuff is still on Instagram and some people, you know, still go and read and share and comment and send me emails or whatever about it now. So it had some impact, but now I've turned it less about, you know, how much content I'm putting and branding it creative gone mad and saying, OK, I went through the exercise. Now it's time for me to actually start putting the work product out there. So it was it was it ended up being more of like an exercise and creative intensive for myself, which I may package up later on. I don't know. We'll hey, see. There you go. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you may as well. And the thing is, too, is like it, it seems as if, you know, that whole process of of, of not really going back to say, okay, you know, who disliked this or who didn't follow or who didn't approve? It's because I know that you're very observant. So when you don't have time to go back and critique and, you know, follow your Instagram and check your Facebook, you basically, you put that stuff out there. It's there 
And with you being so observant, how do you like, do you feel like that has kind of helped you to kind of get to this next point? Because I know like you're, you know, you're wanting to make sure that I, I wouldn't say that people approve of um, the things that you're doing, but it's kind of like you kind of second guess some of the right. things that you put out and you want to make yeah. sure that it's a hundred percent before hitting that sand or post, but that's not always possible. And since you went through that period of like the creative process of posting and moving on with something else, mm-hmm. how do you feel that it's um, helped you? You know, do you think that that's been a strength for you to be able to do the creative gone mad series? You know, that's, that's a good point. Actually, that's a, that's a, it's really funny because when I would post things, sometimes I would find that I had made spelling mistakes on the image or spelling mistakes in the post, bad grammar. But when I wrote the long blog post, I would say 85% of the time I was writing stream of conscious. So I just wrote what it was. I may have done one overview to edit and then I published. And actually I had one friend that would tell me, oh, you know, there's something you missed here, something you missed there. And I told him, I said, you know, the reality is that this is an exercise in that because I've, I've always considered myself to be a bit of a perfectionist. Um, yeah. And it's it's been the last two years that I've realized you know, it's never going to be perfect. In fact, there are two very, very successful marketing officers here, um, former CMOs here that now work as consultants. And they told me one day in a, in a meeting, she said, look, no matter what you do, it's always going to be less than 100%. Get it to the, the best that you can get it to, put it out there, and then decide whether or not you want to refine it later. Because most of the time, what pushes us to this idea of perfectionism. Of course, for some of us, there is this internal thing, but there's also this projected idea that we have of how we want other people to perceive us. So we let these imagined ideas of what somebody else thinks we should be doing and what the quality should be drive the work that we do. So yeah, being a bit of an observant person has helped me in some some cases where I need to have a higher uh, level of self-monitoring and say, okay, is this the quality that I want? And then other times it has hurt me where I'm like, nothing I can possibly create is going to be good enough and projects get pushed and I'm trying so hard to get it to this idealistic level that's not even attainable. Not even possible. Uh, so this particular exercise did allow me to finally get over that. And it's been tremendously helpful professionally and obviously creatively allowing myself to create more freely. And, you know, one day I woke up one morning and wrote a song, wrote the chorus, the verses and everything and finished the song. And one morning, which is unheard of, but it, yeah. going through that type of process of just creating something, putting it out there, you know, it's really, it allows you to stop caring so much about whether or not people approve of what you're doing. And I think that that's something that's very difficult to achieve as a creative, but it's critical to get to, even if it's just internally, it doesn't have to be something, you don't have to broadcast it that way, because then people, of course, will call you arrogant or conceited or self-righteous or whatever it may be. But internally, you just have that awareness that, okay, I got this. This is this is me. Nobody can do me better than I can do exactly. me. Exactly, so yeah. This is important. So. Yeah, it seems like, yeah, because you're, you're able to focus more. When you when you cut out all the external noise and, and chatter, you can focus more. And, and I believe that's probably why you got that song done in one morning. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you, you were able to knock it out. So right. that's good. That's good. And so, like, with, with Creative Gone Mad, I know this coming up in April. Tell us a little bit more about you know, what that actually is, what it entails. Um, and let me know, like, what what's the most enjoyable part of, first of all, creating that event, second of all, doing all the marketing and, and making sure that you put Brian into the actual event. And, uh, you know, basically, how has that been a good experience? 
So uh, the show that's coming up that's going to be hosted by Dida at the PSI Theater with the Durham Arts Council in North Carolina, April 21st and 22nd of this year. Uh, so shout out Chasing Light. I am actually collaborating with a friend of mine uh, that I've known since my early times at Oberlin, Jasmine and Powell. And we, you know, when I first came up with the whole concept of Fifth Principle Productions and Thought Press and some of the other things that people haven't heard about Thoughtscape and some of the other ones, she was one of the first people that I had talked to. And she's like, oh, wow, these are good ideas. And it was when, I mean, I had just come home from school. I moved home. I didn't have a job. I was living at home. I didn't have a car. I didn't have anything. But I had all of these ideas. And, you know, what a difference, you know, eight years can can really make in your life. Yeah. Um, so the show that's coming up in April is based off of Shadow Chasing Light, which is the book of poetry that I wrote and self-published in 2012. And what we're doing is presenting an evening-length work of original choreography, original music, and we call it a collision of transmedia uh, art and expression that will be happening uh, on April 21st and April 22nd. And we were, Jasmine is a choreographer and a dancer and a visual artist and teacher, among other things. And she actually approached Dida. Dida had a call for dancers and original work. And she approached Dida and said, I'd like to present my first evening length choreographical work um, at your next season and we were accepted so since then we've been co-directing and co-producing this really um, really big show it's going to be a bit of a spectacle at this point and we have some really nice things that we're doing so yeah that'll be happening then and we're working with um, musicians there's a musician I'm working with named Jimmy Salam out of France and there's a visual artist that I'm working with in Canada I mean we just work with people everywhere who have been commissioned to create new work and also people who say, hey, I want to be a part of this multimedia, transmedia, cross-cultural, artistic thing, because that's that's been one of the main goals of the show is to create a space for non-competitive artistic collaboration exactly. and creativity. And so that's what we're achieving right now. And it is I'm living like the dream that I would have imagined like uh, years ago. I hoped that this was what I was doing and somehow uh, the stars have aligned to where I've met the right people, people like you, people like Jasmine, people like Jimmy and, and tons of other people. I'm working with a great graphic artist out of Canada named uh, Joe Pascala and he is fantastic as well. So yeah, it's been, it's all just been wonderful. So I'm really excited to see what that will turn into. Exactly. Get ready to flex that creative muscle. Good, 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 good. And give me three words. Okay, I know you and I talked about this when I when I I know you're laughing because when I say SOB, you know, it's like, okay, I know she's going to come up with something crazy when I first kind of came up with the concept of what SOB actually stood for. But in reference to your style of business, using three words, I need you to let me know, like what 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 three words would explain or reference your own particular style of business? Well, you know, it's funny because I, I had an interview on a project that I was working on or to work on a project uh, a few months ago, and I ended up getting the project. But they asked me what were the three words I would use to describe myself. And I think that <laughs> those are probably very similar. The first word I would probably use is um, and it's probably it's a little aggressive, but it's rel relentless. OK, because I and as I mentioned before, a lot of these ideas have have been almost 10 years old and I never, ever, ever gave up on pursuing them. I would say uh, I'm becoming fairly audacious at this point. 
Um, I have a lot of audacity to go out there and put things out. And my sense of regard for whether people <laughs> approve of it or not is really decreasing. And that You're careless. <laughs> Yeah, it, you have to. You need yeah. so many artists that I admire that were so powerful during that time, and that was why it was the the sense of audacity that they had, and the belief in their purpose and their mission uh, as artists or professionals, whatever the case may be. So I would say relentless, audacious, or audacity. And what's the third word I would use to reference my style of business? Equitable, fair, being um, uh, just. I try to do things in a way that is very fair for everyone involved. And I think the show that we're working on, for example, would be a prime example of that. There are times where we've had people volunteer to do things and say, oh, I don't want to get paid or I don't want this or that or the other. And I've kind of stepped back and said, no, you know, look, this is not the way we want. This is not my style of business. I don't want to do that because while that person, their passion and their dedication for the work is really inspiring and it really brings great joy to me to know that they want to collaborate just for their own sincerity. It's easy for people to do that and get taken advantage of. So any of the independent artists that I try to work with, I always encourage them and push them towards developing, I guess, their own style of business and make sure that whatever they're participating in is fair and equitable for, you know, for their time and and for the level of investment. Passion is great, but Everyone has to take care of themselves. So a big portion of what I do is heavily centered around creative economy and um, what I call artistic sustainability. And that's just being able to create and take care of yourself. I could go on a rant about that because I have a (laughs) form that I've been developing now Uh in years. But that's a whole other topic. And I I have to live a bit more before I can go there. But those are the words. So I guess I should recap. Uh, What? Relentless. Right. And just or fair and equitable. Those are three words. But. They all mean the same thing, I guess. Yeah, and to me, you know, I'm weird. So they they all, it's right. All right. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, you just got it. Okay, no, that's that's great. Those are some excellent words. In regards to your path, like when you chose to, okay, like, hey, I'm going to go move forward with my career regardless of who's giving me the opportunity or who's, you know, who's, who's not really knocking on my door. I know you mentioned that you tried a couple of times. The marketing career didn't really right. get kicked off until you <laughs> took it on, you know, took it into your own hands. But what inspired you? I know you kind of you already mentioned a little bit about this, but did you get to a point where you said, all right, you know, I'm either going to do this or I'm going to not do this? Like what actually inspired you? You know, I think I don't know if I ever said I'm going to not do it. I think there was a point where I was just like, there is no other way. Like right. This is I, I believed so much in what I felt inside of me. I, I let that drive me. And I think the other thing that that was driving me was rejection. Oh, <laughs> because Lord. A lot of people yeah. Don't know, no, a lot of rejection creatively. You know, initially when I went to college, I wanted to, to become a vocal performance major and double major in vocal performance and psychology. And I didn't get into the voice department at Oberlin. Yeah. And when I got there, I ended up studying with the head of the voice department for a while. And then I never auditioned again. I was like, well, okay, well, maybe this is not right for me. The whole environment just, it didn't appeal to me in the way that I thought it was going to. And even after then, there were creative grants that I applied for. A lot of people don't know this, but I was a fellowship, uh, final, I was a Fulbright fellowship finalist in 2012, which is when I started my marketing career. Oh, yeah. I did Fulbright, and actually the year before I didn't win the Fulbright, 
uh, I didn't, I had applied for the MTU Fulbright and was rejected immediately. And then right after that, I got rejected from NYU. So it was like, there was oh this whole where I had gotten the big red no. <laughs> red no. And then there was some quote about standing on a mountain of no's until you get to a yes. And I was like, I'm not going to stand on a mountain of no's to wait for a yes. I, at some point, I'm going to have to go out there and start finding the right people to work with and start doing the work myself and everything will come together. And that's literally what what kind of happened. I mean, I, I started putting work out there. I started I developed that sense of audacity that I had when I was a child, just reaching out to people and saying, hey, this is what I want to work on. Are you interested or just putting things out there myself? So I would say a big part of it was actually rejection. And that rejection started to give me a lot of confidence that yeah. what I was it, it actually gave me confidence that I was doing what I was supposed to do, because I think the route for me was not to go through a specific channel. You know, when I sent copies of Shadow Chasing Light to certain academic journals and things like that, I got rejections all across the board. But it didn't stop me from going out there and putting the book into the public because it was, to me, part of my narrative and my own story. And so I think not that this wasn't part of the question, but I think that for a lot of people who are creative or entrepreneurial, the one thing that they cannot lose is that sense of purpose. Because if you have purpose, then you have power. And if you have those two things, those are two things that people spend their entire lives searching for. So once you have them, those are the things you cannot lose and they will help carve that path for you. Yeah. And what advice, like some of that can kind of be easily relate over to the next question, which is uh, in regards to aspiring entrepreneurs and other business owners, what simple piece of advice would you give to those individuals? Don't be afraid of rejection and don't be afraid of failure, which are two things that I'm deathly afraid of. Yeah, I think I'm everybody afraid. is. <laughs> yeah, at some point. Yeah, at some point. And I had a product manager uh, recently tell me, and she has this huge career uh, that she's done for you know almost two decades or maybe over two decades now. And she told me um, there was an opportunity that I had. She said, and I said, oh, I'm afraid of failure. And so we've had this ongoing dialogue. She's like the fairy godmother or something like that. And she said, you know, you're too hard on yourself. How else will you learn unless you're willing to fail? How else will you learn unless you're at least willing to fail and take that leap? And, and to that point, one of the, the quotes I came up with last year when I left my very stable and secure job uh, was, <laughs> you know, sometimes the lesson is in the leap as right. much as it is in the landing, right? Because if you leap and you fall and you break your leg or you get a concussion, yeah, you're injured, hopefully you'll survive. But you've <laughs> done something that a lot of people cannot do, which is to take that jump. So if you do recover, the next time you're okay taking leaps, right? And I, I've, I've learned that in my, own, in my own experience. So I would say those would be the two things that I would say people should not be afraid of, fear of failure and of rejection, because those are they're going to be everywhere, right? You're yeah. going, at some point, you're going to fail. If you look at all of these successful entrepreneurs and artists and, and writers and athletes and anyone, they, they, all of them have those stories. So it's, it's very easy to, when you, when you encounter that roadblock or when you encounter that failure or that obstacle or rejection, it's very easy to think, oh, wow, this is it for me. It's yeah. over. Yeah, that's but it's, it. Because look at all of the other obstacles that so many successful people have overcome and that sense of determination, just like, don't lose that. Yeah. I don't know if that's real, like, business advice or anything like that, but that really, to me, is those are the most critical things. Oh, right it definitely there. is. Yeah. 
know, there are a lot of things you can all, you can go and learn in a classroom or you know in a degree program, et cetera, et cetera. But that sense of determination that really has to be something you cultivate every single day when you get up when you're pursuing your new business idea or your new venture or your new project. You have to keep that keep the mission in mind. Yeah, definitely the mission. And as far as like you know running a business or any project that someone may be overseeing time management like that's another thing you know how you get caught up with trying to help do this or do that and a funny question to do ask me on the day of all days <laughs> yeah so you know how how do you make sure that things kind of run as smooth as possible i know it's a lot of people say it's impossible <laughs> exactly i was i was just about to get to that part so you've you've got to clear that like i don't do it at all i can give you a practical answer the practical answer is honestly at this point, there is so much going on just like in the real world. And then there's so much going on in my head, right? Because I don't want to sound too crazy, but I have so many ideas and things that I'm trying to write down or push record on my phone to store for later so I could work on. You know, I would say, and once again, I get really philosophical. It's really about cutting the clutter out of your life. There are a lot yeah. of, there's a lot of noise I and agree. distractions and fruitless conversations and gossip and social media can be one of the biggest like if you want to run a business spend less time on social media social media yeah <laughs> no but just in general like finding ways to distill your life down to what's essential essential conversations with essential people you can still have fun and still have a good time and and not become so militaristic about how you structure everything so process driven but I would say one thing that helps me allocate my time to make sure I'm running things as smoothly as possible is cutting out a lot of noise and unproductive, you know, conversations and really associations uh, out of your life. I mean, that sounds crazy, but you would be surprised if we would all just sit down and start to look over maybe a week of our life, how many times we are you know, sitting around not being as productive as possible or associating with people who are draining our energy or driving us crazy like those types of things, they yeah. really take out of you and distract you from, you know, if you're running a business, running a business or a project or, you know, anything of that sort, it takes away your commitment to what is really important for you. Yeah. And one of the frustrating things about that is that once that time is gone, that time is gone, that time is gone. <laughs> you don't, you, you don't, you don't, you don't get any of that back. So you definitely have to be selective. That's, that's a um, great word or advice, wisdom. Good stuff, Brian. Okay, so this is the fun one. <laughs> You're laughing because you already know. Okay, so you know that these tickets to Mars are going on sale. Okay. And is this Elon Musk? Is he selling these tickets? <laughs> no, hey, he very well could be. But yeah. hypothetically, let's say that you were forced to relocate your business, okay? And you you relocate, but you don't have the option of returning back here to Earth. You get quiet on me, all right? It's not, it's, yeah, we're not shipping you off for real. But no, seriously, if you could only take three business-related items on your one-way ticket to Mars, never to return, I need you to name for me those three business-related items that you would take. <laughs> Emphasis on business. Exactly, exactly. We need to know what's going on with, with the good things, the good tips and resources. You might have, you might have some, uh, some good stuff for us. So, so when I hear that, so now I'm going to, yeah, I always get off topic and find a way to twist it, right? I know. When I hear that, I think about, so when I think about running a business and doing the work that I do, what's important to me is that I stay sane. So to me, that's very much like the business of my life. So I'm going to find a creative way to answer your question. Okay. I, actually, I would not take my cell phone with me at all. 
I would take my laptop and 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 replace replacement of my cell phone one because it's a lot easier what? to turn a laptop off and turn and not so with the cell okay, phone. Okay, I got you. I, I, yes, you see. So the laptop is multi-purpose. I know smartphones are really smart now, but I'm gonna be smart and leave it at home. And I'll take the laptop would be one. I would say my piano. <laughs> People uh-huh. listen to this be like, what your business item for my laptop? <laughs> oh my goodness. Right? Because I, I work remotely oftentimes. I'm working remotely anyway. So I use my computer to to interact with people, to Skype or to do whatever it is that I have to do. I can get all of my work done and send emails and do that uh, virtually. So okay. that's why my laptop is like, that's the, the critical one. My piano is going to help me stay sane because I like music and I'm actively creating and composing. And that's part of the work that I do. So uh-huh. that's a business-related item. Um, sounds like entertainment and leisure. Sounds like entertainment and leisure. So what would be the last business-related item? Wow. I feel like I'm not a good business person because I <laughs> really, I oh, would say, because I'm thinking of abstract things and like things that don't matter, uh, I guess, to most business people. What would be the third thing? Well, the first thing that came to my head was a book, but there are a couple of books that I really, really like. Mm-mm, three. What? So, no, that, but that would be the last one. No, so you're okay. saying one more. So uh, this would be the last one. I just don't know. Which book? I'm looking at a shelf right now and I'm thinking, oh, here's a branding book. There's Time of Our Singing, Richard Powers, Ben O'Cree. Which of these books would I actually take? I don't know. Oh, my God. Yeah, we would have to check your bag before you took off then. Because yeah, you, you could only have three. And I'm not too certain about that piano either. So I'll have to get back to you to see well, if, but you if, can... if I'm a musician and my style of business is creativity. I think the piano, we have to make an example. Okay, uh, okay. <laughs> All right. I just want to make sure you're not playing the piano for entertainment. It has to be. Okay. <laughs> but no. I could be making money freelancing the piano. Uh, hey, there you go. Yeah, that's yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> that's the creativity. You're so absolutely third, right. I don't know what the third uh, the third item would be, actually. I cannot think of what my third business-related um, related item would be. <laughs> oh, my goodness. We might have to maybe a pen. Actually, because I did say, yeah, I don't know. I was going to say take a camera, but that's just because I want to capture stuff on Mars. That really doesn't have anything to do with business at all. Yeah, and who are you going to send your pictures to? Printer. I might need a printer for something, right? So I would take mm, great. Yeah, yeah, that could work. And a and a laptop. <laughs> yeah, that's excellent. Yeah, that that would work. I guess that would work. We can we can make an exception for that. We can definitely make an exception for those three. I, I didn't think to ask: Are they going to have a power grid where I would have electricity? I, there are a bunch of questions now that I want to ask about this trip to Mars. Yeah, I need, I need to get with the government and figure out, figure out what what's allowed and you know what we can do and what we can't. Right. Okay, so now I know you're into music. Who are you listening to right now? Like who who are you listening to? Why do you like them? You know, the funny thing is, I said I would never say this out loud, not because Uh-oh. I don't like this person's music, but one of the uh, artists I listen to quite a bit when I'm driving to work because the music makes me feel so, I guess the word is confident. I said, like, Drake's music, if you listen to his music. Hey, like, there you go. Yeah, for sure. From point A to point B. Back to point A, you may go to point C, D, you may cover the entire alphabet. I actually tend to listen to a lot of Drake's music yeah. when I am driving to work. Uh, that's 
the main time that I listen to it. If I were to pick an artist that I have been listening to, um, I really like Leanna Lahavas and she is from the UK. She's a soul artist from the UK and I've been listening to her for a number of years now. And she think her latest album came out last year. Okay. Uh, It's called blood. And she is just really, really rich, sultry, uh, voice. She's a singer, a songwriter, guitarist, uh, just just a fantastic artist uh, all around. So that's one artist that I would say that uh, definitely has my attention and has had my attention for some time now for the past few years. So okay. I'm always interested in seeing how she'll develop and evolve. You know, I, I, once upon a time I wanted to be an A and R. So when I see artists like this, I always have my own. You recognize, yeah. And my visions about oh they should push them in this direction or that direction, but. You know, that was a past life that I... Oh, come on, come on. Of course not, of course not. You're still young, you have time. Right. Yeah, that's a good thing. But yeah, no, two very diverse artists and two great choices. So we're going to get ready to wrap up here in just a second. But before I let you go, rather, three years from now, because I know... Our, our history, you know, it's always like, you know, every few years or so, you're like, oh, you know, Keetra back to this. And I'm like, oh, Brian, you did this finally. Yeah. Or you're like, hey, Keetra, you finally did this. I'm like, yeah. You're like, oh, okay. Anyway, long story short, let's just get to it. Three years from today, what, where would you like to see yourself? Or what would you like to be, rather, three years from this day? Three years from today. So this would be February 13th, <laughs> 2019. I can do math. Uh, okay, I think that by then, hopefully the show happened in April. Well, it's funny because I'm will, watching yeah. Heroes now. I'm watching Heroes, the show they canceled in 2010. Oh, yeah, you told me, yeah. a lot of time travel. So this is funny you asked me this question because they were just doing time travel a while ago. If I were to go in the future, I would say that hopefully the show happened, <laughs> which is going to. <laughs> but hopefully also I have done other um, creative projects, uh, I have ideas for musical projects, um, art exhibitions. There, I, I actually funny. I mentioned artist development. I am, act, I'm still doing that in a roundabout way, in a very uh, clandestine way. I am still uh, trying to promote and develop artists independently on my own. So hopefully, some of those projects that I am conceptualizing now and those artists will be out creating and making music and making art or writing or dancing or whatever they do. So I would say that uh, hopefully I still have a pretty good balance of my professional business driven life and my life. But I I do hope that at some point I migrate more to um, running my own business affairs, more doing more consulting. Yeah. Like I was um, last year, uh, most of last year doing more work like that. And, uh, yeah, and then creating platforms for creative collaboration and independent artists. That's that's the work that I've always dreamt of doing. And my Fulbright proposal and my grant proposals that I did years and years ago, they've all been about that. And those things have all come to fruition. So hopefully uh, the universe, you know, God, or whatever you want to say, will continue to be as gracious and, and as kind to me as it has been and let me you know, continue to do that good work and, and hopefully, you know, create platforms and, and, and things like that for other people. That's really important to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I've got a feeling you will prevail. So <laughs> yeah, that's, that's good. And so before we, I know I just said this before we let you go, tell mm-hmm. me, is there anything else that I don't know? Cause I know every now and then you pop up with some 
other thing that you have been working I'm known on for that. Exactly. I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, we just got off the phone last week and you didn't even mention any of this. But um yeah, so tell us any any new projects you have in the works, anything else going on in Brian Bowers' life, where can we find you online? Where can we follow? All that other good stuff. So my personal website is www.brianbowers.co. That's where my Creative Gone Mad uh, exercise is all posted. And it also links to my Instagram. Uh, my Instagram and my Twitter and my Facebook are all forward slash, you know, at the end, I am Brian Bowers. So I-A-M-B-R-I-A-N-B-O-W-E-R-S. And you can find me there and follow me there. Feel free to reach out and talk. I'm not antisocial. I can be, but oh, I goodness. typically am. <laughs> I'm very responsive and I'm always excited to work with new artists and creatives and come up with ideas and put good work out there. So yeah, there's nothing else that I'm working on. I'm writing music. Actually, I have some music that I need to finish today and send over to a really good friend of mine who just agreed to let me sample this music on her voice. And she's one of the most amazing singers I've heard in my life. So I'm really excited about that. And we'll see how that how that turns out. So yeah, working on music, writing, doing my business stuff, working, working for corporate America. <laughs> yeah, for, for now, for now. For now, you know, it, it's a it's a necessary yeah. Uh, situation and I enjoy the work that I do and I work with really great people so I, I'm, I'm quite grateful to, to be in the position that I am like both creatively and professionally so yeah I feel very blessed very grateful yeah no definitely Brian definitely Brian okay well great 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 well we truly appreciate it once again like I said I, I personally thank you for uh, agreeing to be a guest on my podcast SOB style of business and uh, we look forward to having you back again. Um, I don't know how soon or how later or whatever you want to call it, but <laughs> but we'll definitely uh, touch base and catch up with you to figure out what good things you have going in the next months, years, or whatever. So, and um, anything else? Is that it? Anything? No, any shout outs? <laughs> thank you so much for for allowing me to to have this opportunity. I don't know. It, it would be shout outs. Tell uh, hi to my mother. I know. Mother, who's exactly. You know what? That's that 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 was an extra on my part. I'm a I'm a bit weird. You know, it's like kind of adding that at last little thing that probably didn't need to be added. For some no, reason, no, I, okay, okay, cool. Yeah, the shout out. I mean, I don't shout outs. I don't even know if they still do those anymore. But once upon a time, I told my mom hello. I think she she'll be happy to hear this. I think she'll listen to the whole thing. I think she'll get to the end. I feel like I'm so talkative. Like you now, you've opened up the door for me to start talking all over again. Uh oh. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah. My past life as a, as a radio host or something, asking people for shout outs on a podcast, but, yeah, uh, but yeah. anyway, yeah, but definitely, um, like I said, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Brian. And we look forward to tracking your progress and keeping us updated somehow through your pet peeve of social media, right. which is not really, which is not really a pet peeve, but anyway, we'll go ahead and wrap this up. Thank you so much, Brian. You enjoy your day. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, teacher. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for hanging out with us here on SOB. We hope this episode has been resourceful. If you'd like to check out the latest articles or follow Keetra's website updates, just log on to Keetra.com or follow her on Twitter at K-E-E-T-R-I-A.